Is life really tough for you today? And you've come to the right place. Today, the Bible bus pulls up to Psalms 76 through 78, where God's Word provides us with comfort for dark times. I'm Steve Schwetz, and thanks for joining us on Through the Bible. Now, in just a minute, our teacher, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, begins in Psalm 76. But first, here are a few words that he recorded about our financial policies and standards. I think that you'll be surprised by what he has to say. And I trust many of you have our notes and outlines. If not, we have a set for you. All you would have to do is write and ask for the book of Psalms. You'd get the notes, and then you'd be sent the notes as we go along for the next five years. You'd not have to ask again. This is something that would not cost you anything, but of course everyone understands that the radio time costs something, that the printing of all of this material costs something. But we have found out if you're not able to send anything, we understand that. And be sure and write, because I've learned a long time ago that if you're not able to send, there's somebody down the road or across the street or in another town that will send in enough for them and for you too. So we do want you on our mailing list. We started out with the policy of not asking anyone, not using the begging method, pleading and begging. We just don't believe that's God's method. And what we do is this. We go on a radio station, and we do expect the listeners of that station to support it. After we've been on that station for about six months, if the funds do not come in, we cancel the program. I generally give a warning what we're going to do, but we do not start begging in order to get people to give. We just cancel and go to another station. And over the years, we found out that that is the way for us to go. I don't say everybody else should do that. And we believe that the Lord will speak to the hearts of the people. And from time to time, we just call attention to the fact we're as much dependent upon the gifts of listeners as any program is. That's the way this ministry is carried on. And our foreign ministry is carried on exactly like that. Only we don't ask the people who listen in other languages to give. That is a foreign method to them, let me tell you, to begin with. And then many of them are not able to give in India, and they couldn't in the country's back of an iron curtain. And so we have found out a great many people are concerned about getting the Word of God out to the peoples of the world today. And they are the ones that are supporting the program. And so we just mention this to you that you might know that this is the way that we have of carrying on our ministry. Now, if you believe in it, and people ought to put their money where they're getting their blessing. If this program is a blessing to you, we do ask you to support. If it's not, we're not asking you to. That's just as simple as that. 
Well, we're grateful for your faithful prayers and financial support as you partner with us to share God's Word in more than 200 languages all around the world. If you want to find out more about how you can provide maybe a tank of gas or a new set of tires to keep the Bible bus rolling along in your hometown and every country of the globe, just visit ttb.org forward slash give or call 1-800-65-BIBLE. You can also write through the Bible at Box 7100, Pasadena, California, 91109. Or in Canada, Box 25325, London, Ontario, N6C, 6B1. And if you haven't yet gotten your copy of the free notes and outlines that Dr. McGee mentioned, they're available in a couple of different ways. First, if you use our app, you've already got them, by the way. They're all right there. And if you don't have the app yet, look for it in your app store. But remember, you can also download the notes and outlines. You can do it individually for each book of the Bible or the complete Briefing the Bible in one large PDF. Both of those can be had at ttb.org. And if you don't want to do it that way, you can always call us at 1-800-65-BIBLE, and we'll send you an abridged copy. Now let's pray as we get started. Heavenly Father, we intercede for those who are going through some dark times. We ask that your words would give them comfort and peace in the midst of their difficulties. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now we're off to Psalms 76 through 78 on Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Now, friends, we come today to the 76th Psalm. And I trust you do have the text there before you. It'll make this indeed more meaningful to you. And we today are moving in a section that I would like for you to note. And I trust that this is a point I'm getting over here. And it is that the Psalms are not only the Word of God, but they have been arranged. And I'm not going to insist that the arrangement is inspired. I'm just going to say this, that they tell a story. And you miss a great deal of the message if you miss the arrangement and the message that develops in each one of these series. Now, you will recall that the psalm before this, that is Psalm 75, said, Arise, O God. And it was a great prayer. And God heard the cry of his people now, as we see here in this 76th psalm. And this psalm is a prophetic psalm also. And God will deliver his people out of the clutches, as we saw, of a northern power. And their help, they couldn't get it from the east or west or the south. And why not the north? Because that's where their trouble was coming from. That's when Russia comes down into that land, which we believe will be in the Great Tribulation period. Now, this is a very brief psalm. And the next one that comes after this is also a psalm that shows the Lord Jesus reigning in his kingdom as the king priest, the true Melchizedek. And man on this earth is in subjection to him. We talk about a dictator. The Lord Jesus, when he rules, is going to be that. And if you don't love him, want to serve him, you wouldn't find it heaven anyway in that day. And so he's arranged for those who don't want him to be in another place. Now, I come to this psalm. It's a very wonderful psalm. And I'm going to read it in this translation that I've been using. Follow us very closely. In Judah, God is known. In Israel... His name is great. In Salem is found his tabernacle and his dwelling place in Zion. Now, there are four geographical places mentioned here 
and none of them have to do with Los Angeles, California, or New York City, or any state in the Union, for that matter. Judah is over there. Israel is over there. Salem is Jerusalem. And his tabernacle is there. And then Zion is over there. Now, these are four geographical places. You couldn't miss this. What he's talking about is that land in this psalm. Now, the fact that it has a blessing for us, that is not the interpretation, but the application of the psalm. And I believe all scriptures for us. Now, will you notice, we read, "...there breaks he the glitterings of the bow." sealed and sowed and weapons of war. That's the day that the prophets spoke of when they'll beat their swords into plowshares. And until he reigns, you better take that verse off the United Nations because it won't work until he reigns. But this speaks of peace that's coming on this earth. And he's going to bring peace to this earth. And until the sin of the human heart is either dealt with in redemption or judgment, there can never be peace on the earth. Now, I move on. When he judges, this is what's going to happen to the arrogant, proud, rich crowd that today walk up and down this earth. Listen to him. Thou art shining forth gloriously above the mountains of prey. Now, what are the mountains of prey? Well, that's Jerusalem. That place has been besieged 27 times. I have a record of 27 times that the city of Jerusalem was taken and destroyed or partially destroyed by the enemy. It's been a mountain of prey. The enemy's been there. Now it says, spoiled were the stout-hearted. They fell asleep in their sleep. That is an interesting expression. They fell asleep in their sleep. How can you do that? That means that they were not alert, not aware. The world today lies asleep, John says, in the arms of the wicked one. In other words, the world's like a little baby, and the devil has the world asleep. And he says to Vernon McGee, he says, Hush, don't give out the word so loud. You'll wake them up. He doesn't want them waked up. That's what we're trying to do is wake up the babies. Tell them judgment is coming, but also tell them there's a redemption for them if they'll turn to Christ. Oh, what a wonderful psalm this is. Now, will you notice? And none of the valiant ones found their hands. I tell you, waking out of sleep, they were like they were in the days of Gideon, you remember, when the Midianites all waked up and they heard the trumpets and they saw the light. They knew they were taken, and they couldn't even find their sword. That is, some of them couldn't. At thy rebuke, O God of Jacob, both chariot and horse are brought down into a deep sleep. This is the time when he's coming. And we are told here, he shineth forth gloriously. Thou art shining forth gloriously. This is the time that Isaiah wrote about in Isaiah 61, when he says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Now, we sometimes sing that in Christmas. Actually, it has no fulfillment at Christmas. That is, at the birth of Christ. It will be fulfilled when he comes again to this earth. And this will be a great day, and it's yet in the future. Now, he says also, And the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion, 
and upon her assemblies a cloud and smoke by day, shining of a flaming fire by night, for upon all the glory shall spread a defense. That's Isaiah 4, 5, and it speaks of that day that's coming. The Shekinah glory will be there, of course, in the person of Christ. The day of vengeance is come now, the day of vengeance of our God. And we read that in verse 7. Thou, thou must be feared, and who can stand before thee when thou art angry? From heaven thou didst thunder forth in judgment. The earth feared and became silent when God arose to judge, to save all the meek of the earth. Now the great day of his wrath has come. Who shall be able to stand? John said that in Revelation 6, 17. Now all things are going to be put under his feet. Listen to this, verse 10. For the wrath of man praiseth thee. Thou restrainest the remainder of wrath. And God says that he lets man go only so far. And I think during the Great Tribulation, though, He takes off all restraint, lets man go the limit. But today, man's being restrained. And the restrainer is the Holy Spirit. Who else can restrain evil in the world? And the wrath of man praiseth thee. God's going to make the wrath of man. And if he can't make it praise him, he won't let it happen, by the way. And then we're told here, it says, Thou restrainest the remainder of wrath. Thou and pay unto Jehovah your God. Let all that are round about him bring presents. Now, this is the time when the psalmist again says, His people are willing the day of his power. My, this is a great psalm. Now we come to Psalm 77, and this is a psalm to Jeduthun. You remember that Jeduthun was a musician, and he's the chief musician. And Asaph wrote this psalm for him, either to play or to sing it. And now this is a psalm that reveals the time of deep soul-searching because of the perplexity in the minds of the people in that day. Faith has its problem, and faith can find a solution. And listen to the way it opens. I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. In the day of my trouble I sought the Lord. That's a good time to seek him, by the way, in the day of trouble. I do not know whether I read the letter yet or not. I was reading it here to myself of the man who lost his position. And he wouldn't listen to our program at all till he got out of a job, nothing to do. And then he got down right to the nitty-gritty and When he did, he turned to the Lord, and the Lord saved him. It's well to cry to the Lord in the time of trouble. And he gave ear unto me. God will hear you, friends. If you're in trouble, you're in need, you can go to him. He's real. I hear a lot of soloists sing, oh, it's real. I sometimes wonder whether it is with them, the way they sing it and also the way they live. My friend, it's real, but it's not by me saying it. And it's not even because it's written here. It's because you find out it's true yourself. And he's already told us, taste of the Lord. See whether he's good or not. Try this thing out. Now he says here, In the day of my trouble I sought the Lord. My soul ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to become. I think his sower was not physical, but actually it's an open sower of the soul. And here's another wonderful thing he did. Verse 6, I call to remembrance my song in the night. That's a 
wonderful thing if you can sing at night, but I don't mean to sing out loud and wake up everybody, but I remember my song in the night. Do you remember your song in the night? The night is the time that when you wake up, the fears come to you. Problems loom large. Everything in the dark looks bigger than it really is. And that's the time to worry. But can you remember your song in the night? This is a glorious thing. Now, there are some perplexing questions that are raised here. Beginning at verse 7, listen to this. Will the Lord cast off forever? Will he? And will he be favorable no more? Will he? Is then his loving kindness ended forever? Hath his word failed for all generations? Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he shut up in anger his compassions? I would say there's a practical atheist. But I've asked those questions too. Maybe you have. You know, there are a great many of us today that are believers, but we practice atheism. Well, we act as if God doesn't exist and he doesn't hear our prayer, he's thrown us overboard, and he's no longer favorable, and he's no longer expressing his grace. My friend, God is good, and he wants to be gracious to you. I don't know who you are today or what you've done, but God wants to be good to you and be gracious to you. By this psalm, it gets right down where we live. Now let me drop on down, verse 13. Thy way, O Lord, is in the sanctuary, who is as great a God as our God. Now, you'll remember that as we began this section, it's the Leviticus section of the psalm. We said the thing that's prominent here is the holiness of God because it's all anchored to the sanctuary in the holy of holies. Now, thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary, who is as great a God as our God. And... That is something that we need to recognize. And I think for believers today, forget not the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. We're enjoined to meet with God's people. And I don't believe God's going to let you go off in a corner or let me right here on the radio turn the radio off and enjoy the Word of God by myself. I think he'd dry me up in a moment. I think he'll do that for you too. We're to share this together, and we have to grow together. I don't believe that these super-duper saints today, I don't believe in them. God won't let you go way out ahead of me, friends. You will have to share the Word with me and the blessing with me. And therefore, the way of God is in the sanctuary. And if you're going to find answers to your questions, you need to meet with God's people. I had a young man that came by the other evening to see me. He started a men's Bible class way up here on the desert in a little town. He's a bank officer, and he's got a group of men. He wanted me to come up and speak, and I couldn't go at that time at all, and I regretted it because he says we're not getting a word up there in the churches. Now he says we've just been meeting together. Well, may I say to you, there are a lot of good churches, though, today. I have a wonderful letter here, and I generally share them at the beginning of the program. And this party wrote and said this, I'm a Christian mother with five wonderful children that God has given to us to guide for him. They're all saved, except the baby who's 17 months old. We're fortunate enough to be members of a Bible-teaching church. 
where our pastor is led by God instead of man. So he's one of these precious men of God who has been rebuked and had his life threatened because of his boldness for God. Our cup truly is running over with joy as we see God work in the hearts of people and change their lives. Now, friends, that's unusual, and that's the reason I saved this letter to share it like this, because I hear a lot of criticism, but I want you to know there are a lot of good Bible-believing churches today that still remain. Now, if you have one where the Word of God is preached and taught, you go get with that group of people, and you can grow that way. You'll find the answer to a lot of your problems there, my friend. And I believe you will on this program, too. I believe as we meet around the Word of God, and I like the letter because it says something nice about a Bible-believing and Bible-teaching preacher. Now, you see, the devil is subtle today. He does not attack the Bible in a frontal attack. He's attacking the man who stand for the Word of God. That's been his method, by the way. Then he closes this wonderful psalm where he says, The waters saw thee, O God, the waters saw thee. They were afraid. The depths also were troubled. The clouds poured out water. This is a sin that has to do with the sea. And verse 19 makes it clear. Thy way is in the sea, thy path in the great waters. Thy footsteps are not known. Thou didst lead thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. And it refers specifically to God leading them across the Red Sea. And God is able to deliver his people today from the flood tide of atheism, lawlessness, and immorality. And I think this is the picture of it. Now, we come in Psalm 78. It's a historical psalm. And you see here the failure of the people, but the faithfulness of God. It's a wonderful psalm. And he calls upon God to hear and answer him. Give ear, O my people, to my law. First, of course, it's the call of God here to his people. And he asks them to give ear and to hear him. And he mentions in verse 9, the children of Ephraim being armed and carrying bows turned back in the day of battle and kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in the law. Now, that is a direct reference in Second Kings, the 17th chapter, when you'll recall Ephraim did not go to the battle and God took note of it. That's a very interesting thing and a very remarkable thing. Now you see, as you go through this section, beginning at verse 17, you see the failure of God's people. It was Israel then. It's the church today, but God's faithfulness in all of it. Notice verse 17, "...and they sinned yet more against him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. And they tested God in their heart by asking food according to their desire." Yea, they spoke against God. They said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? That, again, is practical atheism today on the part even of God's people. And what did he do? Verse 25, Man did eat angels' food. He sent them food to the field. He gave them all that they needed, my friend. And yet they are doubting God and criticizing God. This is a very wonderful psalm, by the way, this psalm here, and it's a very lengthy psalm, but that's as far as we are going to get in it, except at the end we have this. It's a psalm that covers their history. It's a historical psalm all the way, actually, from Egypt to David, 
And then verse 70, he chose David his servant, took him from the sheepfolds, from following the ewes, great with young. He brought him to feed Jacob his people, Israel his inheritance. So he fed them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hand. That is, God did that. God was faithful to them. He's faithful to us today, friends. We leave right off there, but begin next time with Psalm 79. May God richly bless you, my beloved. Let's read through Psalm 79, 80, and 81 to prepare our hearts for next time. If you'd like to join other Through the Bible listeners in making a habit of reading God's Word before each study, and that's a really good idea, by the way, we offer a free bookmark that outlines the schedule. You can get yours at ttb.org forward slash bookmark, where you can also sign up for our mailing list to receive it in the mail along with our newsletter. And I personally do it that way. I love getting the newsletter. It's got a ton of really good information. It's such an encouragement. Or if we can help you sign up, in doing that, you can always call us as well at 1-800-65-BIBLE. Again, that's ttb.org or 1-800-65-BIBLE. What would cause you to turn from the God of your fathers to atheism? Well, for many Jews, it was the horrific suffering they faced in the Holocaust. We'll learn more about this next time as we continue our five-year journey through the entire Word of God. I'm Steve Schwetz, and I'll be here saving a seat on the Bible bus just for you. Well, ride the Bible bus for five years and you'll be amazed at what God teaches you from his word about what it means to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. It's a blessing that keeps on going. That's what we believe at Through the Bible.